Well, hello again, Ogie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Welcome to part two's episode of Actors Inspiration with who the hell is this Amber Wagner anyways, because we got abruptly cut off. We did. And you know what? I think it's my bad over here. Something happened with my Wi-Fi. You know, so... that's the joy of this. I always say it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it just doesn't. I'm okay with little beautiful mistakes. Well, you know, you and you had been telling a wonderful story. Hopefully we'll be able to connect with what you were talking about with the marathon and Paul. And I just had this gorgeous visual of him walking in his boots and you in your outfit. I'm putting myself on do not disturb right now. There we go. I did the same. Okay. Uh, I just heard a ding. I was like, wait, what's that? Do not disturb. And, uh, and just the belief in you Mm. and the love and the support and it reminded me of an audition that I was at and mm. it was over at CBS and I was, it was for a new show series regular. I see a girl that I know, you know, we all see each other. All, yes. True. At some point we all see each other. We all know each other. And we started talking and she said to me kind of in so much words and so many words, you know, you're so lucky that you have a relationship. I've put everything on the back burner for this job. Mm. I don't have kids. I don't have a relationship. And I'm in my 40s now. Mm. So for those people that don't think that they can have it all, mm-hmm. that they have to separate the joy from the job mm-hmm. and not have a relationship, what do you say to that? I say absolutely create a rich full life so that you can be a better actor so that you have more to pull from and I had this conversation with Becca uh, who was the star of underdog and she uh, got pregnant and it was like oh my gosh I'm at my prime you know it's like I'm in my early 30s her body's rocking and And, oh, God, what is a baby going to mean for all of this? And all I kept hearing was podcasts about women that had children that were so happy they did it. And it was never the reverse. You know, it was always like it. I I learned a love I didn't know before. This child brought me so much joy. I learned to compartmentalize priority, you know. So all these things that shift when, you know, we think that, oh, having a kid is going to, you know, mess up my career or whatever. It's like there's never a convenient time to have a child. There's never convenient time to plan a trip. It's always going to be a crapshoot. Like jobs come and go as they do, but having a rich, full life outside of acting, I think is the single most important thing on the planet so that we can enjoy our craft rather than feel like just so um, burdened by the job. You know, it's a, it's a gift. Exactly. It's a gift and it's, it's what we do. It's not who we are. You know, so it's really creating who am I? Oh, and this is what I get to do for work. Like, wow, this is incredible. Yeah. And it's not feeling like I, I, we as women, as actors have to sacrifice one thing for the other. No, it's not. It's not this or that. You can have it all. It does take juggling, but absolutely you can, you can find ways to have a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it's for the men out there too. Mm-hmm. You can you can have the partner, you can have the children, you can be happy. We put so much pressure on this 
acting life that so mm-hmm. many times the the joy does get sucked out of it. Yeah. And we forget our why. So yeah. what what is your why? Why do you do this crazy thing that we do? My why is because there's nothing else. No, let me rephrase that. So my dream is to be in a position like Oprah Winfrey. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily need the the TV station. I don't, I don't necessarily need that, but I don't think I, she does either. Right. But good <laughs> on her for doing it, man. She's a mogul. It was a lot of work when you it hear her talk was. about it. She's like, yes. Oh, and her I school thinking? and all of the things that she's done. But I mean, talk about aiming big and shooting yeah. for the stars and all of that. But what I love about Oprah is how that she built her career on, on having humane conversations with so many different peoples from so many walks of life, all to inspire change and good things for them. And Mm -hmm. she became an actor. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, I've always said that acting was going to be the, 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 the tool to get me to where it is I'm supposed to be because I always want to do it. But I've also known there's also something else I want to do. And what I've always said is I want to be paid handsomely to be me. Mm -hmm. I really want to be me. I like interviewing. I like talking to people. I'm interested in humanity. I'm interested in what make people tick. And I love creating characters and jumping into that world. So what is my why? My why is because being a creative is what fuels me. And if I get up every day knowing that I can put my feet on the ground and do something creative, I feel like I've served my purpose in this world. And as far as like the acting side of it, when I joined the union and I ended up, my goal was to qualify for health insurance the first year, no matter what it took. And I did, I qualified for health insurance and I did a lot of background jobs. I did a lot of stand-in jobs and I did a few principal jobs. And that's been my MO ever since. I am so grateful. I tend to book maybe two or three principal jobs a year. And the rest of the time I am doing stand-in work. And if I have to make my health insurance, I will do the background work. And the health insurance is a huge component of, of this as well. That's the business side of it. It's not the fluffy fun, Mm -hmm. you know, go it's the business side. I do whatever it takes for me to keep my health insurance because when my husband and I lost the health insurance, when I was doing the production, I was producing more than I was acting. So I lost our health insurance and we went from paying three thirty three a quarter to $1,500 a month. I remember that. that. You remember that. And you saw me. I'm like, I'm going to do anything I can. I can do anything I can to get my health insurance back. And part of me didn't want to do background anymore. I thought I have bigger than this. I've had a production company. I've starred in films. I've done all this. My ego was saying, no, I'm better than this. But my pocketbook was saying, "Ah, (laughs) humble up lady and do whatever it takes to get your fucking health insurance. And so that's what I do. You know, I, I look forward to the day where I'm just doing principal work so that I don't have to do anything else. But in the meantime, I don't hate it. I don't hate showing up and being a stand in and I don't even hate being background because what I do is get paid to do my other job. I'll bring my writing. I'll bring my books. I'll bring, you know, if my husband's got a project that we need to work on. So I just get paid to do my other job and look at it and be grateful. You know, I just find the gratitude in it. I mean, didn't you just bring your car to the last one? Yes, my car (laughs) is now. And here's the irony of it is that the car is getting a higher day rate than me as an actor. Ain't that about a bitch. (laughs) But the two of us combined, we're doing great. Um, But right. It's the woman in the car. It's the The woman woman in the car. There you go. And so 
I always look at creative ways to stay working within the industry because I'm not opposed. Like I said, I grew up in the industry, in the restaurant industry. I will wait tables. I will manage. I will bus. I will hostess. And if I can do something uh, industry related over it, that will be my choice. But if I don't have that option, I will step into a restaurant anytime, any day to make those ends meet because I am not above a day job at all. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love how you put it once. I am a worker amongst worker, no matter where I'm at. Absolutely. I am just a worker amongst workers. We are all here to get a job done. I'm exactly. getting the job done. Exactly. We have a common purpose, a common goal. It, whether I'm sweeping the floor or setting the lights or behind the camera in front of it, we're all doing the same goal. Exactly. That's it. We're being of service to the goal. And, and I think that that is, that's the humility. Yes. Yes. Of life. Right. Because we can all get real big for our britches or get to a place where it's like we in our mind are, you know, I don't know but yeah, the humility of going, I I just, I just want to be on the team. I don't need to be the coach. I don't need to be the owner. I just want to be on the team. I just want to play. I just want to be in the arena. And that's what we love so much, right? About Brene Brown. You don't get to judge or say anything until you have stepped into Mm -hmm. the arena, until you have stepped into the arena idea what it's like absolutely absolutely I mean just you know it just brings up IATSE right now and everything that just happened transpired with them and what's going on I don't know how they do it yeah they're they're there you know as an actor they're there before I am they're there after I am like what what do you guys drink or eat or breathe that allows you to work like this and this hard and still have such an amazing attitude all the time yeah You know, I'd say 99% of the time I I have had some negative experiences. Of course we all have, but we don't know. You know, I always say, unless this sounds so dark when somebody's in a bad mood, I just pretend like somebody died in their family. Mm. I'm like, you know what? And that'll make it easier because it's not about me. Yeah. It's just not about me. It's whatever they're going through. And I give them that on the day. I'm like, all right, that's what's happening. None of us are always in a good mood. Yeah. Well, I think I've said it before on this podcast and I believe it's Marilyn Monroe that said it. If you can't take me on my worst day, then you don't deserve me on my best, you know, because we all have bad. I have bad. Really try not to have bad days. Like that is just, I remember when I interviewed with Susan at Susie Cakes, she told, she always says like, she remembers that being my answer. Cause she's like, you know, how do you handle life on a bad day? I'm like, I don't have bad days. I have bad moments. You yeah. know, and I, and I collect myself and I get out of that moment, but I don't let an entire day go by and call it bad. That is just like spitting in God's face. If you ask me, <laughs> well, you know, you're, you said, I don't take naps on the emergency bad day. I will take a nap and press restart. Yes, I will. I will say, okay. All right. God universe, highest self. We know that we are not in our best place. So let us reset and take a yeah. nap. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah. get back to the good place where we know that we have our daily bread and that we are essentially spiritual beings having a human experience and we are love. And exactly. it is our job to love other people and to shine light, like you said, right? Yeah. That is that is my primary purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be here, shine light, help others clean house, sweep the floor, just be a light worker. Right. Yes. And like you said, like do the, do the next action that's in front of me. Mm-hmm. Don't think too far ahead. I love it. Somebody said, if I think too far ahead, then, you know, God universe doesn't have the room to come in and create the miracles. Yep. I just need to do the next action in front of me, which I absolutely love. Yep. So 
what what spiritual book you're always reading something spiritual Mm -hmm. or a biography or I get so many books from you what are you or have you read recently that is you know as Brene Brown says what's on your nightstand that's inspiring you right now yeah well I just finished um well what's on my nightstand right now that I'm currently reading like I said is Marianne Williamson's gift for gift of change I always keep um the badass affirmations next to me because they inspire whatever affirmation I'm going to share for the day and then I'm also reading The Hero's Journey, A Voyage of Self-Discovery, um, which I'm getting a lot of, I've dog-eared and shared a lot of little um, pieces from that. And I recently was finished um, Patricia Heaton's the, uh, Your Second Act, which yes. I thought was really good. And she actually, she tells, you know, she, a little bit about her second act and, and, and how, you know, she navigated, you know, a career after being the star of a couple shows, like what's next for her. And she interviews many different people of all walks of life. It's not necessarily anybody in the um, in the spotlight, but some of them are about their second acts. And it's really inspiring mm. stories. So, mm. yeah, Patricia Heaton's book was a really fun, fun read. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, me, yeah, the biographies, autobiographies, they're my jam. You know, yeah, That's, I've got yeah. a bookshelf full of them and I just love them. I have a new one for you when you're ready what? for it. I what? Am- I'm actually, because I was driving, you know, I was driving 12 hours. (laughs) Yes, you were. (laughs) Recently, uh, I downloaded Rosie Perez's biography, read by her, which could not be more entertaining, by the way. Oh, and I mean, she did she was she in the voice? So you got to hear her the whole time and she talked like this and she tells the story? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, another one I want to pick up is, um, I think Molly Ringwald wrote one. Yes. And I am a huge 80s movie fan. So mm-hmm. I um, listened to her interview on Rob Lowe's podcast yesterday. And I was like, oh, I want to hear her story. I want to hear what made her tick. Because 16 Candles, I watched that with my friend Lindsay. I can't tell you how many times. We watched that and Dirty Dancing at least mm-hmm. 500 times. I, at I mean, least. But did you go to Dirty Dancing the musical as yes, I did? I did. <laughs> no, you In didn't. In fact, yes, I did. I went... No, get this. So I, for uh, two seasons, had season tickets to the Pantages. And I, my husband would go begrudgingly if I asked him to. But pretty much he's like, can you please take somebody else? Like, that's not my thing. I don't like musicals, not my jam. And so if I had nobody else to go, I'm like, honey, I, I please. And he's like, okay, fine, we'll go. So this one, my mom comes into town. She likes to go to musicals with me. So I had her come to town. We went and saw Dirty Dancing and we came home and my husband's like, how was the show? We said, great. He goes, what'd you see? He said, Dirty Dancing. He goes, I would have gone to see Dirty Dancing. And like my head about flipped like the exorcist. I was like, yeah. what? I'm like, why would you want to see Dirty Dancing the musical? He's like, I like Dirty Dancing. <laughs> they they always surprise us, right? It the shocked me. Random was- things. He's a huge Patrick Swayze fan. So I just started laughing. I'm like, okay, I can see you wanting to see Roadhouse, the musical, but Dirty Dancing? <laughs> Swayze's the best. Oh, he oh was rest just in peace, the Swayze. Best. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, speaking of somebody that started dancing and became an actor, there you go. Exactly. So, so let me ask you that. So what would you say is the movie that, that changed you or the actor that you saw that you thought, Oh, I love this. I love this story that they're telling. This is amazing. I want to do this. It was terms of endearment. When I was a child, I was in elementary school. I believe when I saw terms of endearment and the way I wept 
over that little child, you know, getting mad at her mom on her deathbed. Mm-hmm. And or I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl. I may have been a boy. Um, but I remember being so moved by that happening and what she what that actor he or she, I'm sorry, I don't remember if it was a boy or girl, but what that child did to me. And I remember feeling very confused when the movie was over and I remember going up to my room going, what did I just experience? What Mm. was that? What was that? And I went and I sat in front of my mirror and I relived that moment and wept again. Mm. And I was like, Oh, I, I can do that. I know how I can do that. I can re uh, remake emotions. I can do that. And from little, I was such a weird little kid. I would sit by myself and I had, um, paper dolls. Did you play with paper dolls? Like, do no. you remember paper dolls? Okay. So paper dolls were my thing. I didn't like Barbies. I like paper dolls. And I they used were to the have, cutouts, right? they were the cutouts. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I had like three or four of the paper dolls. And then I had a whole bag of like outfits and I would literally close my eyes and I would pick a doll and I would pick an outfit and I would put it on. And then this is how weird I was. Okay yellow pages for people that don't know what the yellow pages are there used to be yellow pages where you would look for businesses and white pages that had all of the um residents so the white pages was residents and the um yellow pages was businesses so i would randomly pick the doll i would randomly pick the outfit i would randomly pick a name out of the white pages and i would randomly pick a job out of the yellow pages and i would create a character and I would, you know, write like this character, I would have a signature for this character, like this character was a plumber, or, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, worked in a theater or what, whatever worked at AT&T, like, whatever the job was, I would always create these characters. So when I realized that I did this weird thing as a kid, and then I also would watch something and feel something and then reenact that feeling put together to me that there's something I want to do. And then the first actress I fell in love with was Alyssa Milano on who's the boss. And I was obsessed with her. I was obsessed. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. obsessed. She was my age. She Mm -hmm. was living in this box. I wanted to be in that box. I read every article of hers from Bop magazine because I wanted to know how to be her. And I remember when I said she lived in studio city, when I moved to LA and I got to studio city, I'm like, Oh, this is where Alyssa Milano lives. (laughs) Just so it was like, yeah, so young. I was very young when I put the pieces together. I love that. I love that. I'm a little envious that you have a precise movie and precise moment. I asked you not having one myself. Interesting. (laughs) Well, I wonder if you were to do a nosedive backwards, if something Mm. would percolate, Mm -hmm. like if it would percolate, Um, you know. I'll do a nosedive. Yeah, something might, like a moment might come in where you saw something that was like oh yeah I remember watching that movie and something shifted in me mm-hmm. I'm gonna think about it I'm gonna think yeah I, I asked you kind of knowing that you would have a fabulous amazing answer to it <laughs> also I want to tell you I've never had the courage to watch Terms of Endearment okay and we're gonna pause it's 11 11 make a wish make uh, a wish Ogie you make a wish miracle I'm, making one. I'm wishing for you what it's just it's a beautiful year it's a beautiful year. It's a, it's beautiful, a beautiful year. year. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I digress. 
shoot each other 11 11 wishes um and yes uh, terms of endearment is a rough one it's a beautiful movie and it's got a lot of humor in it it's not just heavy it's actually okay. a really beautiful film it's a beautiful film oh i i know i've, I've heard nothing but amazing things about it academy award-winning mm-hmm. incredible incredible but it's you know i watch a movie and that movie if if it's an impactful movie will live with me for weeks yeah yeah. And I I take it on kind of like what you were talking about. I wear that movie and I do the same thing with a fiction book, which is why it's sometimes tough for me to read fiction. Mm-hmm. I, I will just I will wear it and be in that world. And then when the movie or the book is over, there's a vacancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can dig it. You know, and I'm like, oh, where's that? Where did that world go? I there's an emptiness inside. And I think now people can kind of, kind of relate to that with like the Netflix binging. It's kind of a similar experience or that kind of thing where you just get really attached to the characters and the storyline. And you just, you know, want a season two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the book is over. The movie's over. So I will have to check it out. Well, I am going to close our episode our, our our part two I don't know if yes. this is going to be melted into a part one or part two or how this is going to go we're going to see we're going to see with what are you promoting right now I know you had weekend warriors that just came out yes congratulations I do. that's thank amazing you. thank you thank you thank you so yes uh weekend warriors is available right now on um like the vod uh on demand um, through the different cable companies. And if you don't have cable, which a lot of people don't, and I get it, um, it will be available on Amazon and Google Play and uh, all the devices starting uh, November 1st. Um, so that's available. Um, so that's super fun. And then the rest of this month, I will be on the HBO show um, uh, called White House Plumbers that is with Corbin Burnson, which I worked yes. with him opposite uh, in Weekend Warriors. So life comes full circle and Woody Harrelson, who I've not met yet. Um, so that's what I will be doing this month. And then um, as Lennon Parham uh, mentioned uh, when she was on the show, um, the new show for HBO called Minx is coming out in um, in March, I hear, yeah. is when it's going to be released. And you'll see my mug in the pilot. That's um, right. And that was such so, a great interview, too, by the way. Oh, I love Lennon so much. Yeah, she's fantastic. I love her so much. She brings me joy. She is a human that brings me mm-hmm. joy. I literally hung up with her. And um, and we had talked about the Kenny Loggins because I'm like a crazy yes. fan. And so is she. And I looked and he was coming at the end of last month, like the last Sunday of September. And I was like, uh, Lennon, just a heads up, Kenny's coming. And she's like, no way. And we couldn't make it work. Like, but I was like, I wasn't kidding. I would tell you if Kenny oh, Loggins no, is coming to town. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you will, you will follow through. I was on it. I was like, uh, by the way, no, Kenny's here. No. You're the friend that I'm grateful for that never flakes. Oh, thank Absolutely. you. You have a full calendar. But you commit to everything you do a hundred percent. And I know if we have a date set, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to see you. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. But as you always say, if something comes up, I'm easy like Sunday morning. <laughs> easy like Sunday morning. I will always revert it back to a song from the 70s or 80s. <laughs> I love it. it. It brings me joy. <laughs> so you have a lot on your plate right now. And uh and I just want to congratulate you 
on being a powerhouse, on saying yes to so many different facets of your life, of your career, for being an inspiration to everybody around you, to those that know you and love you, to those that don't know you, Mm -hmm. you know, to who knows who you are giving courage to. Mm. And I think that that is just such a beautiful thing just by being you and standing in your truth and your honesty and shining your light very bright. So I encourage everyone out there to follow Amber. Amber, what's your Instagram? Amber Wagner 777. Of course. (laughs) Follow Amber. I'm sure you can DM her. She will answer uh, probably very promptly mm-hmm. and, um, and maybe just to throw out an idea. Cause I know you get a lot of DMS. Maybe you can do an episode every now and again, where you answer some of those DMS over the podcast. Cause I know listener people, questions. Yeah. I love I it. Having some redundant questions as well. I'm sure. Yeah. And that would be people, fun. Yeah. Some people want to ask you things and maybe they're a little nervous. Maybe they're a little shy. Yeah, I'm open to doing a listener question. I might tally up some of them and and do uh, an episode just devoted to some of the listener questions. I think that's a great idea. That's a personal request. There there will be more probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love you so much. I'm grateful to know you. Thank you for being an integral part of my tribe and someone that I get to call one of my closest, nearest and dearest friends. Oh, Ogie, thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to do this interview and to uh, be the voice on the other side for so that people can understand or get to know who this person is that keeps coming to them every day. This was your <laughs> idea. And you said it flippantly. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe people should know who I am. <laughs> Absolutely. And- And it was great. So we'll close it out as I always do by saying, if nobody else tells you today, I believe in you. Go create miracles and always know that you can. Ogie, I love you. And we will be talking soon. Love you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.